When the trumpet of the Lord shall sound and time shall be no more, and the morning breaks eternal bright and fair, when the saved of earth shall gather over on the other shore, and the roll is called of yonder I'll be when the roll is called of yonder, 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 I'll be there. On that bright and cloudless morning when the dead in Christ shall rise, and the glory of His Chosen ones shall gather to their home beyond the skies, and the roll is called of yonder I'll be there. When the roll is called of yonder, 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 I'll be labor for the master from the dawn till setting sun let us talk of all his wondrous love and care and when all of life is over and our work on earth is done and the roll is called of yonder I'll be there when the roll is called of yonder when the roll is called of yonder a peaceful recognition a peaceful thought when the roll is called up yonder will you be there so let me tell you if you put your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ and what he's done for you on the cross the answer is yes and praise God he initiated your salvation because he loved you before the foundation of the world when he saved you he gave you strength and power to follow him and to love him we love him but realize that he first loved you and drew you unto himself. All right, we are in the book of Romans in chapter 8, and we are continuing our lessons on the law of the Spirit of life. I'll point out just a few things that we've covered already, just to keep us in line with our study. Romans chapter 8 and verse 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. He is identifying a people by the way they live. Alright? And there is now no condemnation to them. The now is referring to after Jesus Christ hung on the cross, after Jesus Christ rose from the grave on the third day and completed the task that God had given him to do, and that is to save his people from their sins. No, he didn't come to condemn the world, but the world was already condemned, you see. 
He didn't come to destroy the law. He not only came to fulfill the law, he did fulfill it. He did keep it for 33 and a half years perfectly. He never sinned once. Therefore, he qualified to die for you. I don't. No one else qualifies to die for you and pay for your sins because they've sinned too. I've sinned too. Only He. So, here's our perspective. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus and He in us. How do we know them? They walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. We've pointed out this law of sin and death came into effect in the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve broke God's law. As our record, for the first time, God's law was broken by man was in the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve partook of the forbidden fruit. Clearly explained by God to them that in the day that they ate of it, they were going to die. They were going to be separated. And they did, and they were. They were separated. The law of the Spirit of life is what we've been looking at. The law of the Spirit of life, as we pointed out before, is the gospel. It's the account. We tend to want to call it a story, but it's a true story. The account of the gospel. What Jesus Christ did for you and for me not just on the cross, but he lived a perfect life without sin. He lived in a sinful world without sin. We think it's hard for us. And we're still sinful. It had to been extremely difficult for Jesus Christ to walk and live a perfect life on a sin-cursed earth and among a sinful people in Christ well we're in Christ because he has saved us from our sin he has revealed himself unto us but we're also in Christ because we were elected from eternity by him uh, people can dance around uh, the doctrine of election but if you believe this Bible that the psalmist says is forever settled in heaven, not one jot or one tittle will be removed from it until heaven and earth pass away. If you believe this Bible, you have to believe the fact that God knew you and He foreknew you. This same chapter in Romans chapter 8 tells us that He foreknew us and that word, when you look into it, it is to foreknow with favor or love. So we are them which are in Christ Jesus. So he's always loved you. You haven't always loved him. But he's always loved you. You were in him, didn't know it. Then he revealed himself to you. And he fills us with his Holy Spirit when he does so. 
and he gives us life now he is loved by us we've always been loved by him but now he is loved by us we were considered in him in the covenant of grace between god the father the holy spirit and the son that's i know that's an amazing thought that god could really know all this but he really does because he's an amazing god all right being in him we are secure from all condemnation for the law of the spirit of life in christ jesus hath made me free from this law of sin and death the law of sin and death was established in the garden of eden it's still true today when we sin we experience separation from god or a death in our lives in our minds the law of the spirit of life again is god's word doctrine or gospel in our minds and in our hearts driving our lives steering the way we live steering the way we think the way we speak the way we walk and the way we live the gospel of the spirit of god from the spirit of god is conveyed to our hearts by the spirit of god what is the substance of this gospel well it is the gospel of jesus christ and its spiritual things including love for god once again he's always loved us but he has conveyed to us this spiritual life now we love him and we love his word we talked last week about uh, the manna from heaven that god gave the israelites in the desert jesus christ talked of it he spoke of it he said that he was the true manna sent down from heaven we are told that jesus christ is the word and we spoke of how we partake of his word we're partaking of him we're partaking of him and we're strengthened there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit all right we talked a little bit about the daily application of this partaking of the Lord by partaking of his word we talked about everything is in this book that we need are we sick and need healing we need to read the scriptures about healing read the verses over and over about healing <laughs> realize uh, when the lord in the flesh reached out and touched the leper he healed him didn't he because he holds life in his hands you see he spit on the ground and made a little mud and and applied it to the blind man's eyes and by god's instructions he went and washed the salve of the mud out of his eyes and he saw you see jesus christ is alive he holds life in his very hands we need strength 
we come to this book and we see where God gives his people strength, power. And over and over we see that they are given this power. We are given this power in obedience to him. He has a special and particular plan, doesn't he? And when we follow that plan, oh, there are tremendous blessings that come to our lives as we follow his plan and obey him. Now, we have been made free from the law of sin and death. What's it said about the truth? The truth will do what? It will set you free. You're already in condemnation. You were born that way. But Jesus Christ, by paying the price for your sin debt, has freed you from that law, that principle of sin and death. It's a God-made law, a God-made principle. It works. In other words, sin produces death or separation. Always. Because it's a principle of God. God said that. God made that law for Adam and Eve and for us. All but the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus sets us free from that condemnation. Again, you see, he only qualified. Not because he was the Son of God. He qualified because he kept the law and he fulfilled it for you and for me. All right. In John chapter 6, I don't remember if I read this last week or not, but we're going to read it this morning. Yes, I did. Now I remember my comment. Sorry, we're going to read it again. John chapter 6 and verse 63. It is the Spirit that quickeneth. We've looked into that word and we know that it means to make alive. It is the Spirit that gives life through, by, and in the Son of God, Jesus Christ. John 6, 63. It is the Spirit that quickeneth the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you they are spirit and they are life. So there we have a reference back to Jesus Christ being the true manna that came down from heaven. When we obey sin and unbelief, what follows? Death. All the way to eternal death. Oh, but when we believe the Word of God, faith manifests itself in our hearts. Trust. That's what faith is. It's trust. It's dependence. Oh, God's Word is powerful. And it gives us all that we need. All right. Now flip over to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10, verse 1. Paul says, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge, for they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. You see the difference there? Where was their dependence? 
It was on what they did. And yes, God sees what we do. God saw what they did, but He wasn't pleased with it. Why? Because they were dependent on their own goodness, their own righteousness, which they didn't see as it really was. They saw it humanly as good work. And of course, it's, uh, it can go all the way back to Cain and Abel. One brought sacrifice of shed blood that pointed to Jesus Christ, even though it pointed to him coming in the future and giving his life. The other works of his hands on the cursed ground. God doesn't accept that, does he? He doesn't accept our works for salvation. Yes, we are saved unto good works. Verse 3 said, For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. Our righteousness. Are we more righteous than the scribes and the Pharisees? In Christ we are. Because you see, His righteousness has been imputed to us. No, we don't depend on ourselves because we realize by the revelation of Jesus Christ that we don't have what it takes to please God. But in Christ Jesus, we do. Because He stands between us and the righteous judgment of God the Father. Alright, verse 4 says, For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. The end because he fulfilled it, you see. And he sets us free from that law or that principle of sin and death. And he does so by the law of the spirit of life. Again, he himself holds life in his very hand. For Moses describeth the righteousness, verse 5, which is of the law, that the man which doeth those things shall live by them. But the righteousness which, of, which is of faith speaketh on this wise, Say not in thine heart who shall ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above, or who shall descend into the deep, that is to bring up Christ again from the dead. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart, that is the word of faith which we preach, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God raised him up from the dead, thou shalt be saved. This confession is also a law or a principle of the spirit of life. We looked at that some uh, last time. We don't realize the power sometimes uh, in the faith that we have. But that's where it's at. That's where our strength and our power is. It's in our faith in Him. He has all strength. And praise God, He has gained access for us to himself. We don't have to go through a human high priest anymore, do we? No, because he's our high priest. He has taken down the wall of partition between us. Now, let's look in John chapter 14. John chapter 14. Breaking in my new Bible still. Alright, John chapter 14 and verse 21 is where we're going to begin. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. You have a desire to do what's right. You have a desire 
to live for Him? It's because you love Him. If you love Him, it's because He's revealed Himself to you and it revealed that He already loved you and made arrangement for your salvation. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. In other words, make himself, uh, reveal himself to him. Judah saith unto him, not Iscariot, Lord, how is it that thou will manifest thyself unto us and not unto the world? Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words. And my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. Meditation in God's word, it's a command. It's a command from God himself. We are to meditate in his word. And the benefits are tremendous. Because they draw us closer to Him. Our faith becomes stronger. We become more confident in Him and in His ways and in His Word. Psalm seventy-seven, twelve says, I will meditate also of all thy works and talk of thy doings. That's what happens when the Word of God gets in our minds and our hearts. It comes out of our mouth, doesn't it? Another command. That we speak his word. Joshua chapter 1. Joshua fought the battle of Jericho. It was actually God that fought the battle. Joshua chapter 1. Verse 5. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. God talking to Joshua. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Be strong and of a good courage. For unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land. Which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Brothers and sisters we have an inheritance. And the land is going to be marvelous. It's a new heaven and new earth that the Lord is preparing for us even as we speak. Only be thou strong, verse 7, and very courageous. What makes us strong? Faith in Him. What strengthens our faith? Partaking of Him. Partaking of His Word. Meditating on His Word. Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do what? All the law which Moses my servant commanded thee, turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Why? That thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. The Lord said it. Why? Say that you love me and, and do not what I say. We need it buried in our hearts, don't we? We need it written on the tables of our hearts. We need to spend more time in God's Word because it's spiritual food. 
And when we do so, we're partaking of Jesus Christ, the true manna that God sent from heaven. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then shalt thou have good success. All right. I got y'all flipping around today. And in Philippians, it should be right after Ephesians, in chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, in verse 4. Philippians 4, 4. Here's some instructions for God's people. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, rejoice. There's joy in the heart of the believer that there's nothing to compare it to. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto God. Where's our dependence? On whatever it is we need. It's on Him, isn't it? Always on Him. Doing so, verse 7 says, And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, we can't get a good grip on the mind of God, no. Or even the peace that we have from Him. This peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So what does he want us to be mindful of? What does he want us, how does he want us to think of situations, of things, of circumstances? Well, let's read it. Verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, remember what will set you free? It's the truth, isn't it? Whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, Whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any promise, think on these things. God wants us to be positive, doesn't he? He does. God wants us to think on the good things. I told a story a few weeks ago about my dad one time. Uh, I forget what it was, something that I got excited about. And I said, oh, my goodness. He said, what would you say? I said, oh, my goodness. I thought I was saying something a whole lot better than what I've heard other people say. And he said, well, what do you mean by that? I said, it's just an expression, oh, my goodness. He said, well, who has goodness? Who is good? And I knew right then where he was going with it. And I said, God's good. He said, that's right. He said, you sure you're not taking his name in vain when you say, oh, my goodness? I'm like. I didn't think so. And he said, well, you might want to think about that. Where is goodness? And it's certainly in the Lord, isn't it? And in His Word. So, this is how God wants us to think. Those things, verse 9, which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me, do. And the God of peace shall be with you. What a Savior. He provides everything we need, doesn't He? I tell you, if we would just partake of Him and express our love for Him by partaking of Him, spending more time with Him, 
trusting in him, relying on him, oh, we would be stronger, wouldn't we? Absolutely. He holds all power in heaven and on earth in his hand. And he's our God. He's our brother. He himself calls us friends. What a Savior. Love us anyway. That's amazing, isn't it? That's amazing grace right there. All right. May God bless the reading of his word this day.